Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Elia Johnson died in McKeesport on May 26th. Now, the coroner's office has ruled her death a suicide, but her friends have had questions about her, her, her death. Elia was transgender, and there were threats made against her life. She had a prominent social media profile, which attracted harassment from people. So not only have her friends and family wondered if police did enough to investigate her death there's also been questions raised as to why there are so few resources outside of the city of pittsburgh for people who are lgbtq uh, especially people who are black or hispanic or latinx and lgbtq terrence mcgeorge is on the line with us he is uh, the founder i think of project matters or one of the founders uh good morning terrence good morning uh, what is project matters first of all so Project Matters is a social media, uh, a social media, um, social justice, as well as an organization that we will be offering health, mental health services, um, drug and alcohol services, um, STI um, testing. Um, we just want to basically do a overhaul of the services that are given to people in our communities. And, and is that for all people, or is that for the LGBTQIA community? Or? Yeah, the focus would be LGBTQ, but uh, of course we wouldn't turn down someone who is who is in need. And the thing is about our community is that people go in and out, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have uh, a relationship with a trans woman, and you consider yourself straight, Right. But a trans woman might have um, interactions with a gay male. Uh, And so that's just pretty much how the community is. There's a little bit of everybody in in our community. We've heard a lot, and we can get into this in a couple of minutes, because we've heard a lot now about terms like gender fluid, for instance. Someone who may not fit into the gender binary, male, female, masculine, feminine. But let's talk first a little bit more about Aliyah Johnson's case. You were a friend of Aliyah's, correct? Yes. Um, I met Aliyah when I was 16 years old, and she was 15. And, and we were together almost every day for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, she was my best friend. Um, her family knows me well. Um, she knows my family well. Um, we were so close to the point that I could go into her sister's refrigerator and get, make me something to eat. And she can <laughs> to my dad's house and do the same thing. We were that close. And you both grew up in the like Swissvale Braddock area. Am I correct? Right. Well, she grew up in that area. I located over there at about, um, 18. But I had known a lot two years prior to that. Okay. Okay. And and when did she come out as a trans woman? Well, that's, uh, that's really funny. Um, so growing up, 
I always, she always talked about how she felt she was a woman mm -hmm. and she was trans. Mm -hmm. But from the pressures of society and how people, how she wanted love, you know, that was her big thing. And in our community, masculinity is praise. Mm -hmm. And so she saw that and she changed herself into be something that she thought people would find more desirable. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't transition until about maybe about three, four years ago. Okay. But she was in and out throughout the time that I'd known her. I actually met her as <laughs> at the JLCC in School Hill. She was a drag queen. And I thought mm -hmm. she was a woman. I had never seen a drag queen up close and personal that young, you know. And we hit it off right away. She came up to me and said, uh, we can be friends or we can be enemies. You make the choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget that day. And we became friends. And uh, But she ended up transitioning. During her transition, I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. I was in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I moved away in 2014, and I came back. Um, I came back in November of uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, she was transitioning full-time. She was, like, dressed as a woman. She was taking hormone therapy. Like, she was, she was in it. We're, we're talking with Terrence McGeorge. He is one of the founders of Project Matters. Uh, Terrence, is there a, a website or a Facebook page for people to connect with you? Um, uh, we're still working on that. It's under construction now, but okay. it definitely will be coming very soon. Now, when we talked off the air, you kind of descri you described yourself, I think, as an activist. And, and one of the things that you told me today is that you're very media savvy. When, when did you start becoming involved in community activism? Okay, that's great. Um, so my community activism started actually with the Persaud Center. Mm -hmm. um, there was I was 16, 17, and they talked to me about sexual health. Mm -hmm. When I came out to my family, um, my dad is actually gay. Mm -hmm. um, but when I came out, you know, even though I was, uh, you know, out and my dad, you know, was in a lifestyle, mm -hmm. my mom or my dad weren't really happy. Sure. Uh, so... My mom specifically was telling me, you know, you're going to die of AIDS, you know, those type of things. And I had friends and other family members saying the same thing. And so I was very scared, you know, about my desires. And does that mean that just because I have sex with somebody, I'm going to get AIDS? I wasn't really educated. And I had a friend that I met at the JOCC who brought me to a youth empowerment meeting. And that's where my community activism started. I started doing... Um, uh, you know, I started going to the clubs and promoting safe sex, uh, condom use, pets and out condoms at Pegasus. I don't know if anyone yeah. remembers Pegasus. I'm that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So You're I, younger than me. That's I, that's that's going to bother you, but go ahead. Yeah, but so um, I started doing, uh, you know, outreach there, and then that led to um, actually doing another project with them called Closing the Gap. And what we did was we went into bars and clubs and found youth ages uh, 18 to 29 um, dealing with mental health and drug and alcohol and substance abuse. And I did that for about a year. Um, and then I started working at Western Psych. But I still did community work um, through the uni University of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. um, I had two mentors, Mackie Freeman and Nike Felice, mm -hmm. who thought that I had great ideas. Um, obviously, I was still very young. Um, and they, they, we created a project called Project Silk, um, and it's still in existence today. Uh, and that's where my activism started. Um, we were one of the people at Project Silk funded for a you know, multi-million dollar grant um, dealing with ballroom culture mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh and health disparities, education, um, housing, uh, hormone therapy, STI, 
um, HIV drug management, um, just all different types of things, case management services. And then I came back, I left, and then I came back, and I had was working um, part-time at Silk, and we started to create Project Silk, um, Project Matters, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And that basically was a weekly program of what's going on in the city, uh, what what services are being offered. Um, we've had doctors on there talking about, you know, health disparities and what we can do better in a community. And so that manifested itself into what I'm doing today. Uh, we're talking with Terrence McGeorge. Um, I'm, we, we may have to explain some acronyms at some point. GLCC is the Gay and Lesbian Community Center of Pittsburgh, which oh, I think uh, is now called the uh, Pittsburgh Equality Center, maybe. Um I think they changed their name. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it's the Pittsburgh Equality Center now. But uh, so if we lose people in the acronyms, uh, we'll we'll try to we'll try to keep you caught up. Um, Terrence, I, just b- before we close the the loop, or before we close the conversation on on that topic, I want to jump back. Y- you've been out for some time now. How's your family? Have have they come around at all? Or um, my mom. Actually, uh, I just moved back here. Uh, well, I moved back here about two years ago, and she actually just finally came to my apartment and met with my partner about a month ago. Awesome. So she's coming around. My dad, he's my dad. Uh, he's amazing. He's my best friend. Uh-huh. Um, you know, after a few months of him understanding that I was going to be a part of this lifestyle, he was okay. Now, my friends, now my family, uh, my, you know, extended family. Yeah, cousins and stuff, really yeah. I really them much. Okay. Um, never have. Uh, I've always, it's always just been me, my mom, and my dad. Yeah. Uh, for, for me. Um, and so, I don't, I mean, they're, they seem fine with it, so that's how that goes. Yeah, I, I I think that's – and this is what I want to get into here uh, in, in a couple of minutes. Um, we have a break coming up, though. Uh, but but does, does, does that tend to exacerbate for people mental health issues? I mean, if you're – you know, your, your mom's coming around, your dad is, is accepting and is your friend, but, you know – to, to not have acceptance in a community, to not have acceptance from extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, th- does that – that's got to hurt, right? Uh, okay, so I'll give you a prime example. Yeah. Um, I was about 18 years old, and I was very gender fluid when I was younger. Um, I don't know if you have a picture of me now, but I definitely don't look like how I used to. <laughs> okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I used to have long extensions, yeah. wore makeup and lip gloss, yeah. glitter, and I was just very out. You know, I was that was intoxicating to me because I felt so trapped. Um, I grew up in the Hill District, mm-hmm. um, and then we moved to Baldwin. Uh, when I, my teenage years, <clears throat> and then I moved with my dad. But throughout that time, it was always something that people kind of alluded to that I might be gay or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, and so I finally decided to live in my truth. And when I did that, yes, I had family who weren't accepting, um, especially on my dad's side. They were not okay with it. Uh, my uncle uh, was very vocal about the fact that, you know, what is wrong with me? You know, why do I look the way I do? Um, he actually confronted me at his wife's uh, funeral, telling me I need to take my makeup off and stuff like that. Throughout my family, they have never really been a part of my life. So when they have opinions and stuff like that, it can bother you. But I'll just say this. In the LGBT community, we make our own family. Okay. You know, I was a part of ballroom for a long time, and that was my family, and Eli was a part of that. And then I was, a, I had my activist family, and Eli was a part of that, too. Um, and so I made my own family. And that's what most 
gay people have to do for their mental health, you know, because, you know, this we're talking about, we're talking about 15 years ago, you know, almost 20 years. It was a very different time. And the people who decided to live their lives out loud were judged for it. Um, it's a lot different now than Let, what it was then. Let's let's take a 30-second break. When we come back, I want to pick the conversation up right there as to how things have evolved. But as you've kind of pointed out, some things haven't. I also want to talk a little bit more about Elia's story and, 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 and especially about her passing much too soon at the age of 32. And, and then later on, I want to talk about sort of the lack of services uh, for the LGBTQ community outside the city of Pittsburgh, okay? All right. Uh, Terrence McGeorge is with us. He's a community activist. He's the founder of Project Matters. We are talking, well, it's Pride Month, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate, professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striffler's.com or call 4 we're talking about pride we're talking about uh the 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 death of Aliyah johnson in in mckeesport on may 26th and we're talking about what her death kind of brought to light in terms of really a lack of services um for the lgbtq community outside of the the city of pittsburgh and and course for our radio listening audience i'm talking about uh places like mckeesport duquesne Clareton, braddock wilkinsburg swissvale where the radio stations are but also for our listeners over in the bethany west virginia wellsburg area certainly not a lot of resources over there terrence you you, you live for a couple of years in in new orleans what is how how are the services there uh for, for people who are gay lesbian trans there, well i actually lived outside about three three uh hours away from new orleans okay Small town called Alexandria. I just say New Orleans. That's the place. Definitely okay, no. <laughs> but but in Louisiana. So I mean, so it, I would assume the situation maybe is similar down there. Right. So the town that I was in was called Alexandria, mm-hmm. um, Louisiana, and it the the largest major city was about an hour and a half away, and it was called Lafayette. Yeah, sure. Where they had the murders of the guy who went into the theater. Mm. Um, that's the most notable city that was closest to us. Um, it was very, it was small town, uh, community. Um, they did have one LGBT center, uh, there called class and you could go and get, you know, tested. They had different things once a month for LGBT people to come and hang out. Uh, so they did offer something. Their pride was pretty small. Um, they did not have any gay clubs in the city. They did before I got there, but they closed them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't really a lot of gay things to do. So we would, when it was time for us to like want to go out and do our thing, we had to travel a far distance. <laughs> Let me throw a little bit of a curveball with you. Like I said, this is Pride June is is Pride Month, but of course with the COVID nineteen pandemic, most Pride events that were supposed to be held in person have been canceled. Like Washington County was going to hold their first ever uh, Equality March, I think. And I, I don't know if that's been completely canceled or not. Um, but, but so many of these in-person things, gatherings of more than a few people, just can't happen. Um, you, you're, you're kind of tapped into the community. Talk about that 
what kind of an effect is that having that i mean in, in pittsburgh there's actually several pride events there's the the pride fest which is sort of the big commercial business oriented thing but then there's also people's pride which has been a thing the last few years right so uh, I don't really know much about the People's Pride. That is uh, ran by um, someone that I don't really affiliate with. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to pick. I just, just, but, but there's no events. There's like, there's, there's, there's no, there's no picnics. There's no right, anything. Right. So yeah. I think that that affects the community at large because um, visibility is key, mm-hmm. right? So people need to see. Uh, all different people being gay, uh, color, economic uh, status, like it needs to, it, it, those are one of the things that straight America needs to see, that we all come from very different and diverse backgrounds. But that doesn't mean that we're any less human or that we don't deserve our rights or that we don't deserve things. So this COVID has definitely impacted that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that now there is a push for black leaders in this city specifically to be at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it has been great change. Um, we're actually, I'm doing a march on July 4th um, for equality. Um, it's actually going to be the equality march for black, uh, queer, and trans people, you know. Yeah, and where, July, where, where is, is that? Is it cel- I'm sorry? And where, and where where is that going to be held? Uh, we're going to start at the Freedom Corner okay. um, at yep. 4 o'clock, yep. and we're going to make our way down to the city county building as well as 941, which is um, a racist uh, bar that we actually just protested this Wednesday. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, we're, so, you know, when we celebrate independence and we talk about freedom, right, it's not free for us. You know, there are still many ramifications that a black queer or trans person has to face you know there's racism inside of the gay community i was just Um, yeah just about to ask about that uh terrence mcgeorge is on the phone with us he's a community activist he's the founder of project matters um am i using the right pronouns because you mentioned that you were more fluid at one time and i didn't even ask if if you Um, okay if he was okay as a pronoun um but yeah, there is there is been been very strong allegations of racism, sort of in the the institutional corporate, for lack of a better word, gay community in Pittsburgh is, is very much run by mostly white, mostly upper middle class and wealthy people and organizations. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Um, I'll just tell you this: I've been in the game for a very long time in the city of Pittsburgh, as far as community activism goes. I'm actually uh, created the well. I was the first person when we used to have Pride on the North Shore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the head of the youth stage, and I had Bogan and all these different things. But that was a battle because, as you said, these rich gay white men didn't want to give us a seat at the table. And it wasn't just them. It was also white queer lesbians that didn't understand the language that we used in ballroom. And mm-hmm. so there was always a backlash, and they never really wanted to give us a seat at the table. Um, now, when, when I created Project Matters, I mean Project uh, Silk, that changed because we got so much money and funding and dollars that, you know, we were one of the premier agencies here. And so they had no choice but to give us a seat at the table because, the pro- the whole project was based off of black and queer bodies, you know, black, queer, and trans bodies. So you can't not now give us a seat at the table. And the thing is about that is, you know, every single pretty much uh, health organization in the city of Pittsburgh, especially that serves our populations mm-hmm. of black, queer, and trans, are usually ran by white gay men mm-hmm. or white or white women. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. 
you know, this it, we're we're the people that get you guys the most funding for your agencies, right? Mm-hmm. They the CDC is the they give out the most dollars for black trans and black MSM men. But you don't have anybody at the heads of these tables to procure the treatment and the outreach and the you know you understand what I'm saying? It's yeah. not you can't hold an organization. And it's not to say that these people aren't qualified. It's just to say that there needs to be more leadership um, at the table, especially when you guys are in charge of stuff that is really important to us, which is our health care, which is our access to education. You know, those things we need a black, queer, or trans person at the table making these important decisions that's based off of our lives. Well, I, I, we have to take another break, but I want to I put something to you that— uh... This is not to be argumentative or to contradict anything, but but Summer Lee said something on Twitter recently that has really stuck in my brain, which is when people say, you know, black folks need a seat at the table, that implies that the table is run by the white folks and that they are allowed to invite the black folks. Right. That that the table actually belongs to everyone and white folks don't have the, the right to be inviting black people to have a seat at the table. And I that was like, okay. That was an interesting I, – I hadn't thought of it that way. Well, here's the thing, though, and that's the thing. The table, like I was explaining earlier, the dollars and the funding go for two African-Americans. That's where the money is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, the table is really ours, mm-hmm. right? Right. And we should be making those decisions. But that's not how it is right now. And so you have to work within the system that you have. And we're not asking for a seat at the table. We're demanding one. Yeah, the the, the, the one that is rightfully. We can take the whole table, yeah. right? But right now we have to work in, in the parameters that we have. You know, one of the reasons why I've created Project Matters is so we have the table. And people come to us. Let me, let's, we have to take our, our second break. The time goes quickly. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask exactly what kinds of services would benefit um, the LGBTQ community, specifically the black LGBTQ community, okay? Okay. Terrence McGeorge is our guest for a few more minutes here. You're listening to Radio 81, WEDL, 1550 at 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Uh, talk to me about Alaya Johnson. She was found dead in McKeesport on May 26th. The coroner's office says, or medical examiner says it was a suicide. Her friends, Terrence, and you were one of them, have not been so sure. Is that still the case? No. So they went and did a thorough investigation, and what we came back with was that it was probably an accident. Okay. Uh, they changed that actually to an accidental death. Oh, okay. They contacted their family and all that stuff. Um, but her death highlighted a lot of things for me. And the first one was access to care. You know, she was going to these different agencies <clears throat> and these different um, things, but she lived in McKeesport and she had to get, say, for instance, she wanted to go to Central Outreach. She had to go to McKeesport. Say she wanted to go to Perset. She had to go to uh, Penn Avenue. Yeah. Say she wanted to go to Allied Health. 
she had to go to um, East Liberty. If she mm-hmm. wanted to go to Project Silk, she had to go downtown. And so why is it that there's a whole community, uh, well, surround the Mon Valley area, period, has yeah. no services for LGBT people? I've dated people that lived in the Mon Valley, and they used to always come to Pittsburgh. They never, when they wanted to go out to a club or a bar, that's where they went. Or they stayed in their respective areas. But the thing about that is, is that those areas aren't always the most uh, liberal. Well, I was about to say that, that, that visibility is something that you mentioned earlier in our conversation. And it doesn't seem to me like in places like the Mon Valley, but I would throw... You know, McKees Rock, Stowe Township, Coriopolis, the Ohio Valley, the AK, AK Valley, all of these suburban areas. Surrounding areas, they don't serve. They don't serve. I mean, you might get a satellite office. I think Central Wellness goes to Washington County. Yep, and and so. so there are places in, in um, like, there are small, very small subsets. But as far there needs to be centers that provide different services to these people because the thing is is that we know especially when you're black queer or trans you don't have access to money that way right um uh you don't it's hard to get a job it's hard to uh sustain yourself so you might not have that 275 to get mm-hmm. downtown or to you know pen and the thing is too if you live all the way on McKeesport or Duquesne or Clarendon you know, that's an hour ride. Oh, yeah. Hour out of your day that you have, well, one way. Three. You know, that's pretty much a whole day that yeah. you're spending going to go get services. Like, if you got to work that day, you might as well call in or you might as well take off because it's a day process. And we need to find a way to combat that issue because the thing about Alaya that really hurts me is that if we did have services there, I think she would be here today. By, by services, are, are we talking. Mental health? Are we talking counseling, drug and alcohol, and anything? Any type of service yeah. that can better someone. If it's job training, if it's job uh, placement, if it's you know GED services, because we know that uh, gay kids and trans kids in school get bullied. So guess what? A ton of my friends don't have their GED or their high school diploma based off of that reason. What are we doing to make sure that these people get what they need in life to prosper? Before we wrap up, uh, you mentioned you've mentioned Persad. We've had uh, some folks from Persad on here. If somebody's listening to this and their niece, nephew, granddaughter, grandson, son, daughter, whomever, or they themselves uh, are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or gender fluid, or or, or identifying as queer or questioning, uh, what are some organizations that they can reach out to? Persad being one of them. Persad being one of yeah. them, um, Project Matters, yeah. uh, Project Silk, yeah. um, Central Outreach, uh, Allied Health. Um, and if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to? Are you on Twitter or Facebook or uh, how? You can meet, you can, meet, you can uh, inbox me on um, Facebook, Terrence McGeorge. Okay. Um, I have the, my uh, profile picture is a, the Project Matters emblem. You can also reach me at uh, my email, tmcgeorge46 at gmail.com. Um, and if you would like to also donate to um, Project Matters and the work that we're doing, uh, I have Cash App, which is the dollar sign, mm-hmm. tmcgeorge as well. Um, really quickly before yeah. we uh, before we end, yes. really like everybody, uh, July 
Uh, well, next Tuesday, what, what is that, the 30th, there will be a march um, downtown to, per, to protest the uh, racist policies, but there will also be the ending of Pride. We will start at 941 Saloon, and we will end at the city um, county building, uh, or the city, uh, yeah, 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 city, like where the mayor's office mm-hmm. is and stuff. And what time and is that? we'll also be doing, on July 4th, a freedom uh, equality march for black, gay, and trans lives, um, July 4th. And we, we will start at the Freedom Corner mm-hmm. in the Hill District, and we'll make our way downtown to 941, and then we'll end it at the city-county building. What, what time does this are- start? Uh, 4 p.m. for both. 4 p.m. for both. Okay, for June 30th. Terrence, thank you. Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday and Friday. Terrence, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. And thank you all for listening from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. This is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.